Today's show is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash biggest and using promo code biggest. Today's show is brought to you by our own bonus episode. If it makes you feel good, chances are that it's a spring. He could be talking about springs or his wiener. <laughs> so in other words, a spring is nature's time machine. Oh. Huh? Right? All right. No, not I don't know. It? That's a little weird. Okay, it is. <laughs> The average American child will see 200,000 violent acts of murder on TV by the age of 18. Wow. That's great. They do, what about horses? They don't have chew toys. Horses are fucking idiots, and they should be turned into glue. <laughs> fuck right. floss? Yeah. How dare, how dare fuck you fuck floss? floss? It's a scam. So just, you're, how, floss isn't a scam, shithead. Fuck you. I, I get tons of cavities. Come world, live in my world of pain where the Novocaine doesn't work and I have to just sit there suffering because I'm experimenting with pain. Yeah. I don't think anyone Good. needs things explained to them how they work either. Yeah, you, you take you it for granted. You just touch them and they go, boing, boing. No, <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Idiot. Which, by the way, I don't even understand the concept of stopping. Like, what does stopping mean? The highest grossing movie of all time is still Gone with the Wind. Still. Have and you watched with- it? No, it's boring as shit. Now available at TheBiggestProblemInTheUniverse.com. Welcome to The Biggest Problem in the Universe, the show where we discuss every problem in the universe, from cheese pizza to amnesia. (laughs) With over 5 million downloads, this is the only show where you decide what should or shouldn't be on the big list of problems. I'm Maddox with me is Dick. Hey, what's up, buddy? Sean, our audio engineer, and in studio with us is Boisterous. Welcome back. Hey, guys. We have an audience. Paige is listening. We have Randy listening. Full house. The beautiful Paige and the beautiful Randy. Both here. I wish amnesia was a bigger problem. Like growing up in the 80s, I thought when I grew up that I'd be encountering all these cases of amnesia all the time. You know, like people, I, I would have to like be in a situation where I'm convincing some woman that I'm like the love of her life because she <laughs> fell off a boat and dre- I, like I thought life was really like a soap opera. I no, don't know. I, I gotta say, for me, it was quicksand. I was about to say quicksand. Yeah, yeah for I me, just, it was quicksand. I was terrified of quicksand. I was like, I, if I get into quicksand, I gotta say totally still and blah 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 yeah. like i had all these quicksand strategies yeah they they taught them in school didn't they <laughs> i, I, I swear bu- i've learned a quicksand strategy from some like a legitimate authority figure as a child multiple times you try to you try to lay your body out as flat as possible why do we yeah. know you, this you we don't, will never encounter quicksand you don't struggle and you try to spread your uh you know your mass out as much as possible so you're not sinking down it yeah. was it was a plot device in almost every single movie, sitcom, cartoon, Cartoon, TV show, everything had quicksand in it in the 80s. There was a really fascinating, I think it was This American Life, where they talked about the decline of quicksand as a a device gimmick. (laughs) And it kind of talked about, um, you know, usually the media that we consume reflects the troubles and the turmoil that we're going through in our time. And they made some kind of analogy that it had to do with the Cold War. Like, for example, in the 1950s, the advent, uh, the increase of huge spike of uh, sci-fi movies. You know, UFOs coming from Mars, right? The red threat, the red scare had to do with McCarthyism and communism. And now what's, what are zombies? Gay marriage? (laughs) (laughs) All these these gays, because the gays come in and they bite you and then you turn gay. Yeah, And then you want to go bite other men, women, kids, it doesn't matter. You're a gay now. Very astute, very astute observation. (laughs) I'm going to go write a think piece on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Publish it on mike.com. But guys, speaking of problems... The biggest problem in the universe from last week. 
was affluenza, yeah. followed by people who talk about their dreams. Oh, well. <laughs> dead li- in Tied fact, for last. Ne- no, it's uh, negative. Dead li- it's in the negative oh, now. Yeah. It is? It is, yeah. So people enjoy hearing about dreams. Yeah, Dick, because I got an email from someone. You'll like this. Smug, smug uh, acceptance of that, <laughs> <laughs> of that admission. There's an email from a guy named Ben. He says, hey, Dick and Maddox, I just want to share a story with you about how sharing your dreams with people can lead to something good. Maddox, you mentioned last episode that some people consider dreams to contain a certain amount of precognition to them. While I don't appreciate the armchair psychology you seem to be bordering on, but let me tell you how dreams can sometimes trick people into giving you what you want. Last week, I had a dream about a female friend of mine with whom there has always been a bit of sexual tension. Mm. Uh In the dream, I ended up having sex with this girl in quite vivid and frankly, disgusting ways. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to tell her about the dream when I woke up the next day, leaving out the gross details, of course. Thinking she would simply find it funny, she simply responded with one word. Interesting. Oh. Oh. Wow. All right. I think you see where this is headed. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's the disgusting. That's the disgusting. To butt town. The next... So the next time I hang out with her, she brings up the sex dream I had. And the next thing you know, we're heading straight to Pound Town. Uh, I was riding the one-eyed wonder worm all the way down her Hershey Highway. (laughs) Oh, so you were right. (laughs) It was right. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So let this serve as a uh, as a piece of inspiration for you too. Dreams can come true, and he spelled "come" c u m. Sorry for the bad pun. Love your show, guys. Keep doing what you're doing, and Dick, don't go fuck yourself. Fuck the girl of your dreams. <laughs> to a presentation of erotic stories for There it is. Brought to you by the biggest problem in the universe. I wish that guy was more erotic sounding. <laughs> um, that's pretty erotic. That's, I mean, so you that's, just, yeah. okay. So let's 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 see what we've learned here. That is a great thing to do if you're trying to feel a girl out is just lie and say you had a sex dream with her uh-huh. and see what her response is. That's a really good idea, right? Because if she's not into it, it's like, oh, it's just a dream. Just uh-huh. a joke. Uh, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and you're not putting yourself on the line yeah. at all. No. Nope. At all. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a dream. I had no control over this. It, it has to be someone you know well enough, but not so well, that you're in the friend zone, which you put yourself there. And you could even say, you know, I had this weird dream, and she, this girl, she had these characteristics, and test her out to see if she's aware uh-huh, of these characteristics in yep. herself. Get her to say, that sounds a lot like me. Then you got nothing on the line. Yes, exactly. Right? This is off the top of my head. Yeah. Brilliant, Dick. Um, I got it. <laughs> Wait, no, let me say that again. Brilliant, Dick. Thank you. Huh, You're thanks. welcome. Thanks, both of you. I enjoy my snark more than you guys do. Um. Sean, last episode, uh, you mentioned that, uh, you know, when we were talking about the judge's sentencing of the shithead kid, Ethan Couch, who's back in the news, Uh because he finally got uh, extradited back to the United States, you were saying that the judge can't consider the past. I said I didn't know. Oh, okay, okay. Well, they can. For the record, judges judges absolutely can. Interesting. Yeah, whether or not the offender is a first-time or repeat offender, these are all factors that go into uh, the punishment. Whether or not the offender was an accessory, uh, whether the offender committed the crime under great personal stress or duress, whether anyone was hurt, whether the crime was committed wait, in wait, a manner a, a, that wait, was wait, unlike- wait, wait. Yeah. A prior crime? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so they can bring, it, uh, they can bring in his history. Yes, yeah. of course. Okay, interesting. Course, yeah. So whether is it that lawyers can't? The judge can exclude the judge can. lawyers from bringing in something that has nothing to do with the case. The well, judge they can, can exclude yeah. okay. from bringing in anything. But I thought yeah. Sean's point was that the judge wouldn't include the parents' actions. Like the parents were assholes, but I thought that that's what the point you were making, Sean. The judge, I could be wrong, the, but. but the judge's punishment for this kid was probation, in the hopes that the 
kid would supposedly get therapy and the help that he needs. Uh, no. Interesting the the parents to do this when the parents uh, initially gave him the car which when he didn't have the license to drive when the teacher wanted to punish this kid for driving to school at the age of 13 Mm -hmm. the parents simply took him out of school and homeschooled him the parents didn't give him any kind of uh, punishment for getting caught he was arrested three months prior to this for being drunk in a parking lot with a with a naked uh half naked 14 year old girl in his car so this how old is he he was at the time i think they're uh or actually, thirteen. He's no. got a half naked fourteen year old. No, oh, yeah. no, no. At this time, at this time, woman. he was sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at this time, he was uh, he was six. Uh, 15, no, he got arrested. Fifteen or sixteen. So yeah. he had to then be he at was least fourteen. 15. Okay. No, he was fifteen because this was three months prior to which the half drunk do you think driving. was naked? Um, it was the left half. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I think you should be able to bring in a prior history. Yeah, that shows, yeah of course. Of course. Yeah, and they they can also consider whether the offender was particularly cruel or particularly destructive or vindictive or whether the offender is genuinely contrite and remorseful, which he wasn't because immediately after the wreck, he went up to to survivors, you know, the bits and pieces that he found uh, littered throughout the freeway, trying to tell them to remember his name so his parents could get them off the hook. Uh, Real piece of shit, this guy. I got a, and then you also brought in that, that email from the economist. The guy that had the master's in, in economic policy, remember that? Yeah. He, so this guy, for anyone who hasn't heard the last he, episode. He wrote an email uh, giving his advice on what he would do with winning the lottery. Because he said specifically that the lottery can go bankrupt, so it's not well, good to no, take the he annuity. Had a number of points. That was more of like a funny point that he threw off the top. His, his bigger points were that uh, the idea of doubling your money in 30 years was something you could easily do. And that touching the principal is what bankrupts people. Yeah, like it was pretty good financial advice. Yeah, yeah no, it's true. not. No, it's not for for lottery winners who seventy percent of which the odds are against you, Dick. That you're going to be a prudent investor. That was the whole point of the New York Times article. Is that they said, I know that you invest in the lottery, so I know that you're probably not one of the greatest financial minds of our time. People who invest in the lottery also don't know about ETFs, and they're not very very privy and savvy about the stock market. But he was telling them how to be yeah. a proper investor by just real conservative investments right. with a large principal. Investment advice. Right. Yeah, he that wasn't right. suggesting that they buy lottery tickets. No, no, but he was he's saying, saying here's what you do if you if you won. Yeah, right. I get it. I get it. But no one would do that. No one would, like seventy. The mm. odds are against it. No one would do that. And this guy, this uh, Cameron Hermans, says so much for the masters in economic policy, Dick. The email you received claimed that Illinois had stopped paying lottery winners due to bankruptcy. That's not entirely the case. Lottery winners who won more than $600 received an IOU from the state, which they still received once the state finally passed its budget for the year. Oh, an IOU. It's just as good as money. <laughs> that's that's what a whole briefcase full of them. That's a car. That's a you're going to want to keep that one. That's uh, <laughs> that's essentially yeah, but that's essentially what cash and checks are. I mean, you can use cash and checks to buy goods. Well, that's the difference. Right. So you can use one to buy food and you can't use the other one. To buy. That's the only way they're different. So they're totally worthless. You should, if you have an IOU from the lottery commission. <laughs> Look, if I got an IOU from a state government, I assume it would have more credibility than an IOU from, from me. my stoner friend, Frank, <laughs> or from Dick Hey, Masterson. I'm going to write you an IOU right now. Oh, th- oh I'll take it. A million bucks. Oh, what a generous friend. <laughs> With the annuity, however, money is invested in a couple of dozen different types of securities, all backed in some way by the (laughs) U.S. government agencies. Regardless of what happens with the securities or the lottery, any government agencies, the lottery winner still possesses a 100% guaranteed income stream over time. And that's by the Powerball Commission. By the way, um, ETFs go down in value 
often. I looked up the oh. top 100 ETF indexes, and all, all of them had gone down in over the course of a few uh, months and years. Depends on the one that you invest in. Well, you understand well, no, that's the stock market, I would right? Assume yeah. that that's what stock. That's what the stock market exactly. does. It goes yeah, up and down. Well, I mean, I would assume that by exchange traded funds, he would mean buying the, a larger index fund. I do. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I mean, like, I wouldn't buy an ETF of of like oil or I wouldn't buy like an ETF of like a, an energy thing. I would just buy the total market. So his advice yeah. is become a good investor. Oh, good, it, great no, advice. Well, on, well, honestly, it was really seriously good all advice. You, no, all you need not. to do to become a good, a good investor. If you want to invest at all is just buy the, is just buy an ETF of the total market because yeah. when the whole market goes up, you make money. When the whole market goes down, you make money or you, you lose money. You're not. You don't have to follow the financials of one corporation because it's like Enron was a safe bet until it fucking went away. Uh, you know, Disney's a real safe bet right now. Ten years from now, who the fuck knows? But if you if you invest in the whole market, you're fine. So the advice is rather than than to sit and wait for a guaranteed 100 percent payout that does not lose value. Because the Powerball Commission has more money than most states combined. But your money loses value over time because you're oh, fighting inflation. Uh, don't, don't. But it's sorry, invested. Just let it go. I'm just sorry, you're go. right. Okay, yeah, Asteri- you're, no, you're right. Asterios, Power- Asterios, you get $2 million. If you get $2 million today versus $2 million tomorrow, yeah, they might, there might be a little bit of inflation, but you could still, you could still. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Randy? Randy has an air horn. Great, Randy. Uh-huh. Perfect. Um, you can still, you can still invest the money that you do get because, $2 million per year is not small change. You can still invest that money in, into an ETF and still have the backup of an annuity. And this guy lied about the lottery commission going bankrupt. This is a happen. solution, the bobblehead solution. When you want someone to stop talking, like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, honestly, I agree that you shouldn't touch the principal and you should live off the interest. Don't you? Of course you could. Well, I, we're all, that's what we all think. I'm nodding my head because it's like, well, there's honestly nothing to disagree with here. Right. All right. I mean, we all agree. So we did. We did just have a new solutions episode. Yep. That you can pick up on the website. Um, We also had Randy made us read a set of cards that I'm going to read now because he's Randy's in the studio right now. Uh, And they're they're What would you what would you call these guidelines for the show from now on? Rules? Uh, Conduct? Laws? Can we call them? Okay, here they are. Bylaws. Uh, Bylaws. That's a good one. You both, this is from Randy, you both completely ignored the agenda that I had set forth last week while I was at Sundance. Well, you know, then you should be here. I don't know, what were you doing at Sundance? His watching, job. He was job. Watching dead, <laughs> was working. dead Harry Potter movies about farting. Gay cowboys. Uh, your fans want four problems or solutions, not a long-winded diatribe about your vague understandings of the, uh-oh, of the political and or economic systems. Ew. We fucked that one up already today. Uh, nor constant problems that focus on your crotch ass areas. Uh, as such, Maddox and Dick, you will each be given three strikes today. Bringing up politics is a strike. Armchair economizing, you better believe that's a strike. <laughs> Bringing up apples strike, which I don't think we're at risk of anymore because we settled that debate. Yeah. Right, delicious or delicious. Yeah, that's me. I win. That's, that's a strike. Yeah, a bowling strike. That's a strike. <laughs> <laughs> Extraneous interruptions, Sean. That's a strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. Sean, he yeah. interrupts twice an episode. Yeah, like, I want to see that. I want to see that card. <laughs> no, there it, you go. it doesn't show you. I know it. Doesn't Any say other it. thing you do to irritate me? I'm assuming me is you. You didn't want. You meant you in this me, not me. Even though you wrote it, knowing I would read it. Mm. <laughs> I stupid. 
any, might be, is that a strike? Any other thing you do to right irritate now? me, and he wants me to read it. What kind of an idiot, right? <laughs> the air horn is, is easily the most irritating thing, I think, that's ever been on the show. And this is a show that's had Tim Chains on it. Thank you. This should prove to be the most electrifying episode in the history of the universe. But we already said that in the bonus episode that you can buy on the website. All right, so those are the new rules. The strikes, three strikes, and you're out. What happens if you're out? Don't find out. Randy, Randy's, mm, Randy's not a very good risk versus reward system <laughs> you've developed over there, Randy. Gotta have a risk. Here's here's what you have to do. If you get the three strikes, you have to give give Randy a spit shine hand job. You have to spit on his dick and rub, <laughs> rub him off as hard as Yeah, that's a crotch mention. <laughs> hey, that's a no. strike. Ah, that's he's got two already. No, he has yeah. three because no. of Wait. all that economic shit as well. You brought that shithead in, and the, the lying professor. I didn't or the bring lying him economics. up. You did. You? Last episode, Dick. It was in the comments. We talk about. We do a recap of last week's show, Dick. Welcome to the biggest problem in the universe, where we talk about the problems from last week and then do a recap of the show and read comments. Yeah, but you brought him up out of nowhere just to say how wrong he was because right? there was a comment about it. But you uh, hadn't read the cards yet. I hadn't read fair. the cards yet. To All be right. fair. Yeah. Okay. I've got a really cool one. For, a really cool thing from uh, Jonathan Milling. Uh, dear, dear Maddox and Dick. I made some fan art for your show. People were uh, giving Maddox a difficult time over his 3D sculpting skills. I don't know if you'd call them skills. In Blender. <laughs> and I wanted to give They're something skills. a bit different for being an inspiration. The show has made a rather ho-hum year much more bearable and entertaining. And Dick, you're all right. Uh, in the video, these are... Okay, so he's made, he's made 3D models of us. Oh, yeah? What? Yeah, they're really cool. Really? Yeah. Better not be horse shit. No, no, no. They're, they're cool. Is there... Can they make a small enough face on a computer for you? <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out. Science will never know. Okay, I'm gonna do me first. So you <laughs> use a Game Boy. Here's me. Oh my god! Wow. Isn't that looks, cool? Uh, looks that pretty looks good. Oh shit! That's incredible. Sean, look. Okay, what we're seeing right now—I'm not kidding—is like a. Honestly, it's a perfectly realized Perfect. version of Dick Masterson. This isn't like a joke. It's not going to be a goblin or something. It looks incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. rendered in 3D. That's really cool. It's rotating. Yeah, it looks. And he puts he. It's got reflective sunglasses on. And what's in the reflection? Doctor Phil. Oh uh, my god! Dr. Phil. It he, looks amazing. He modeled Doctor Phil for a reflective sunglasses joke. This guy's cool. That's probably just a texture. It's probably a texture. But yeah, well, awesome. mine sounded more epic. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to give your fans credit. Good <laughs> job enough, shitting on a, your fans, by enough, the way. There's enough credit just in that. I you wanted to got more credit. Yeah. Cla Classic I'm glad, marketing. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm, glad exactly he, it is. I'm glad he modeled you with your old hairstyle, Dick. Otherwise, it would have taken forever to render all those follicles. Um, yeah, I love this. It's me and my prime. You uh, really want to start talking about hair? No, I don't. Is, that, is this really <laughs> it's a, a short conversation? It's a short conversation for me. I don't give a shit. All right, buddy. All right, let's what do we got? Let's, let's see the next King one. Maddox. Short is generous. Here's you. Oh, ah, my God. It's pretty cool. Jesus right. Christ. Weird, weird ear. I think the ear's a little weird. We are witnessing a fully 3D realized Maddox as Che Guevara. He's got the eye patch. He's got a cool goatee. He, he looks like Solid He looks like Solid Snake. He does. He, you you he look like fucking Solid Snake. That's incredible. That's, That's incredible. Cool. He looks like yeah, he looks like Solid Snake. That's pretty bad. That's badass. how you would look with hair. <laughs> yeah, look, like there's che a Guevara lot of hair, hair there. Yeah. He looks a little bit skinnier than me, though. I think that guy's a little skinnier. I'm yeah, a little like beefier. around the nose. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. What, what else do we got? Anything else? What's this guy? 
Oh, what was his name again? Here we go. Jonathan W. Milling. That's so thanks a lot, Jonathan. That's super awesome. cool. I got some voicemails. Maddox, you big dumb stupid idiot. Great. So you're upset that Dick is willing to bend the rules a little bit in order to get what he wants. Yeah. Yet you're willing to cut in line and expect bus drivers to break the rules for you. Oh wait, you're super stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt when he said, but wait. I thought he was going to follow it up with something intelligent, nope. Nope. you know, some argument or something like that. Yeah, um, I wouldn't call stealing bending the rules. Yeah, it's breaking them. Yeah. no, Breaking it's the law. Breaking the law. Yeah. There's a difference between having some shithead bus driver say, you have to walk a block before you get on this exact same bus. Yeah. Versus. Uh, versus keying someone's car. Shoplifting. That's breaking the law. Well, sure. Well, there's no well. It absolutely is. Of course. Okay. Here's one of my I'm green. One too. Maddox, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Two gay guys are getting yelled at by a violent sociopath, and you decide to key his car. Yeah. Who the hell do you think this guy is going to think keyed his car? I don't give a shit. He probably went out looking for them afterwards mm-hmm. and beat the living shit out of them. Congratulations. <laughs> fucking moron. You two gay guys answered him. You fucking idiot. Anyway, you're awesome, Dick. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's like okay. taking out the garbage. <laughs> yeah, he's taking it. Uh, you hear all those you cans know and shit rattling? I'll, I'll they make a call. In a machine. I'll, <laughs> I'll make a call into my favorite podcast while I'm taking out the garbage. You know, I'll multitask. Listen, two things, shithead. First of all, this guy isn't like the redneck Matlock. He's not going to be tracking down anyone. The only, only thing he's going to be tracking down is a can of PBR and to, to try to forget his alimony payments. This guy's a piece of shit. He's not tracking down shit. And second, the place that he went into was a bar that, on average, people spend at least an hour. At least an hour. And when I left, he was just walking in, I believe. Uh-huh. So those gay guys were long gone. He probably doesn't remember shit because he's a drunk fucking idiot. Good. I would key his car again. Ten, not, ten, 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 ten out of ten. Yeah, would key again. Exactly. Uh, it, you know, he's he's not going to go looking for those gay guys. He'll just find the next ones. Like that's how that works. Look, man. Um, <laughs> it's the thing is, violence upon violence upon. <laughs> he doesn't need those gay guys. He just needs any gay guy. So, or so a woman doesn't me, matter. Let me ask you this, Dick. Do you think had I not keyed his car, that guy would have um, been less violent in his life? Uh, oh, yeah, I think you, you added think so? to the cycle of rage. Well, yes. you know what, though, Dick? Sometimes punitive response works because if you punish somebody, they might see, you know what? This is something that's going to happen to me because there might be uh, a Maddox Robin Hood in the neighborhood, right? Yeah. Who, yeah. who commits vandalism yeah. and petty crimes yeah. as justice, as a form of justice. And if I don't, I'm like the Batman, the, pe- the petty Vengeance Batman. The Batman who's too cowardly to face someone to their face. What like am I going to do? Batman Batman jail? Jail? He wears a mask. Look, I'm going to back up Maddox on no, this No, but he one. fights people. He doesn't key their car. Batman doesn't like Batman's put also flaming fictional, dog dick. poop on the Joker's doorstep. All I'm going to say, okay. <laughs> I got him. Hey, that would be pretty funny if he did, using uh, giving the Joker a taste of his own medicine. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to say, Dick, you don't 
agree with street justice? That's awesome. Thank if you. If there's some fucking homophobe out there, key his fucking car. There's probably like a list of 50 people that could have keyed this guy's car. Yeah. You know, it's true. I don't, yeah. The assholes, so, assholes have a we're list. We're supposed to fight back. Correct. Assholes have a list of <laughs> people who hate them. Back. It is well, fighting back, Dick. <laughs> it's as fighting <laughs> back as I'm willing to get. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's I'll, that's just, that's I'll say point. that. That's because Dick is afraid of getting his car keyed if he's being an asshole. Look, man, if you're being a huge cocksucker, that is the one way that there is instant justice in the world. You know what? We're not going to court. We're not going to people's court. And I'm not going to jeopardize my life and my livelihood to go to jail to confront this guy. He got his just deserves because he's a prick, and I would do it again. Ten out of ten, would key again, buddy. That's uh, exactly what he thinks. Exa- what do you mean exactly? What I'll show that they're going to key my car. I'll show them even harder. No. This guy's gonna be a homophobe now, no matter what's keyed yeah. into his car. This guy's yeah. a creepo. That's yeah. what this voicemail's saying. All right, is that enough? Is that enough voicemails? I yeah. feel like we've already taken enough time with this. No, I got one more. I got I got a quick one from uh, this is from Reverend Scott. He hasn't uh, called in for oh, a while. Here's one from guy. Reverend Scott. Yeah. Hey there, Maddox, Dick, and Sean. This is Reverend Scott, and uh, I, I like to listen to the show when I'm like driving in the car. You know, sometimes even my, I got a ten-year-old, and uh, sometimes she's in the car with me, mm. and it's kind of nice she gets to hear about all the the problems, like real problems that are facing us in the world. And uh, mm-hmm. you got stats. Oh, you're welcome. To back Stop it. it. Up. <laughs> sometimes Dick has the stats. I guess I, guess I just had like one question for you guys. Why is it when I have a 10-year-old in the car, that's when you got to talk about hand jobs and special <laughs> prostitutes and strippers and fucking anal and invisible puppies sucking themselves off the boobs? What the fuck? Sir, hey. these are real things. Yeah. So anyway, I just really wanted to tell you I love the show and uh, keep up the good work. So Peace y- and love, guys. you realize, Reverend Scott, that now it, not only are, is your 10-year-old child going to hear that, but he's going to hear it coming from you. Yeah, you just said it on the show. Yeah. Sorry. All right, guys, let's Sorry get to a if problem. You have kids. Yeah. No, I, I don't apologize. Good. They should listen to it. Get smart. All right. Uh, my problem is creators getting screwed. Okay. Now creators you got, getting screwed. Like, what do you mean? Well, uh, you know, I'll elaborate, but first, let me just point out, like, you guys are both creators. Like, you know, you've both written awesome, hilarious books, and uh, you know, you you guys both get hopefully, you know, a royalty off it when it gets sold. Huh. Have you read my book? Yes, I, I have it really? on my phone. Yeah. Your book is hysterical. Okay. It's called right. Men Are Better Than Women. And you honestly, right. you don't plug this book enough. Well, Every single line has a punchline in it. I honestly think like as a work of comedy writing, your book is like perfect. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Maddox. And wow. I've read your book too because a lot of friends of mine – before I even knew you, they were just like, oh, they would pass your book around at college. You know, the alphabet of manliness, like f- get drunk, flip different pages. They'd all do readings of it. Robin actually did that, who will be on the show again Robin, soon, I believe. Yeah, Robin Higgins will have her back on soon. My book is like an STD that you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't get True. rid of it, but why True. would you want to? No, you want it. Yeah, no, I think you guys have both turned out. I mean, honestly, like as a comedy writer, I've learned a lot from reading both your things. Oh, but, uh, you. but moving you're, you're on, you're welcome. Yeah, look, I, I don't want to <laughs> bore everybody. It's you know, look, I put out a, I put out these little Mega Man books. I get a small royalty off it. It's nice. Every couple of months, I'll get a little check, pay for a pizza or something. It's nice. Nice. Now, the comic book creators, the people that have created the characters like Superman. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy, whether or not you like them, like uh, you know Ghost Rider, all these amazing characters, Wolverine, these guys are work for hire freelancers. So 
what happened, let's start out with uh, talking about Siegel and Schuster. They're the guys that created Superman. So this is comic book creators not getting paid enough or I'm creators? Gonna, oh, oh. I'm, I'm talking about creators getting screwed, just generally speaking. Okay. All because right. I, you know, I'm going to talk about comic book guys because this breaks my heart. But I feel like we all have an example or two of someone from another field, a comedian, a musician, you know, someone that puts out creative work that just gets screwed. But I'm going to talk about comics because I'm a fucking nerd. Um, Siegel and Schuster, the guys that created Superman. You know, when they eventually, when they finally sold Superman to National Comics, which eventually became DC, they were given $130, and they were told that they could work for 10 years, get paid $10 a page. But they, they gave the rights over to their character in order to get this contract, which, you know, they had to do to eat because they were both really poor. And you could say, like, well, you know what? Don't sign the rights over to your work if you want to profit off in the future, which is, you know, an, an apt point. But here's the thing, like, there's so many examples of creators dying penniless. Eventually, Siegel and Schuster were fired, and they lived in obscurity and poverty till the day they died. And they invented who? Superman. Superman. Exactly. Uh, Siegel had to get a job as a mail clerk until he died. Like, the guy that created Superman, he got a job as a mail clerk. That's tragic. Schuster supported himself by illustrating pornography until mm. he was no longer well enough to see. At one point, a policeman found him sleeping on a park bench, and he died in 1992 blind and alone. That's fucking sad. Man. And there are all these stories of the people that create the characters that we love getting screwed because they had to sign a contract at one point that gave them no royalties in order to eat. The guy that created uh, Ghost Rider, Gary Friedreich, you know, there's been two Ghost Rider movies, you know, starring Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, Cage. Right. They, of course. They, they've both made a lot of money. Um, his contract stated that, like, after 30 years, Ghost Rider was supposed to go back to him. Well, guess who didn't want that to happen? Oh. Marvel Comics. Of course. So they sued him, uh... They sued him for signing Ghost Rider merchandise at Comic-Cons. They sued Fuck Gary Friedreich for, for, like, calling himself the creator of Ghost Rider. And the courts eventually ruled that he did not create Ghost Rider, even though he did. And the courts told him to pay Marvel $17,000 in damages. For signing for Ghost signing Rider merchandise? Mer Ghost Rider merchandise at Comic-Cons. He had to relinquish his co-creator credit. He had to stop selling his own Ghost Rider sketches and other merchandise at cons. Yeah. You know who owns Marvel now? Fucking Disney. 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 Yeah, Fucking vote up Disney. <laughs> Fucking yeah. asshole. No, no. Disney's a huge problem. The guy that Guardians of the Galaxy made so, so much money. The guy that created Rocket Raccoon was unfortunately, uh, his name is Bill Mantello. He was unfortunately hit by a car in a hit and run accident uh, because you're a freelancer, because you don't get royalties, because you can't profit off the work you created in the future. Like, uh, he had all these medical bills because they're not given insurance. And uh, and so, you know, he raked up millions of dollars in hospital bills. He had substandard care at best. He, you know, required full-time medical care since getting hit by a car. And the only reason, like, he's still alive is because of charity drives organized by, like, comic book fans and other creators. And it's like, I, I don't know, this just bothers me. Like, look, I know you shouldn't sign some contract that screws you in the future but it's just like if you create superman if you're like steve ditko who like who's essentially responsible for like the spider-man we know if you're bill finger the guy's created like the batman we know like 
at least hook these guys up with a pension or something. Yeah. Because they're going to, they're, th- these people, the people that have created the movies we all love, they're like fucking dying in these one bedroom apartments. They can't pay their medical bills. They can't afford heat. They can't afford food. It's, it's just this terrible problem. So How does Stan I, Lee get so much money? How does not happen to him? Uh, because it's Stan a, Lee was a good businessman. Oh. Stan Lee constantly took credit for other people's work. Oh, that's when a good he hires them, strategy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, in in it, fact, he won a lawsuit in uh, over the last like five, five, six years or something like that. Five, six years ago, he won a lawsuit, and in this lawsuit, he got billions of dollars. It was like the biggest settlement yeah. of any uh, like uh, that it had ever happened between like a creator and a company. Yeah. And uh, it was because of his uh, uh, his aggressive contracting and all that. But um I will say this this hits close to home to me as a creator. Yeah. Because and and I will say also one of our transcribers Lori Foster. Lori Foster created the uh, it's uh, a part of the team has created the Super Comics, right? And as mm-hmm. a creator, when you're starting out, it is incredibly difficult to break it into the industry or to make a living off of your art and off of your creation. Incredibly difficult. I I consider myself fortunate to be able to do what I do for a living, but also because I worked my ass off. And when you get to that point, when you're pushing that rock up the hill, that boulder up the hill, you get so close, but you throw everything into the pot. Like when my first book came out, I went twenty grand into debt. Yeah, I only got seven, like seventy five hundred dollars for that book as my advance. That advance they give you is supposed to pay for your livelihood. Your that's supposed to be your income during the portion of the of time that you are using to write the book because you can't work, you can't do anything else. Uh, if you want to get the book out on time in any kind of reasonable timeline. Of course, you could work some dead-end job and and uh, keep writing uh, your book, but it just never happens that way. That advance is supposed to be what you live off of. Well, I used 100% of the advance, because I had to, to pay my illustrators for that book. That was my entire budget for the book. Yeah. And I paid the, I went, I ended up having to pay them over the advance. I, I went 8,500 and then I went to, into more debt to market the book and all this other shit. So you get to that point of desperation right before you're about to make it big. And you know that your book's about to come out or your property's about to come out. You might be Steve Ditko, uh, the, the newest inception or the modern inception of Spider-Man. And you come to that point of desperation where you need money so bad that you will sign that cheap contract, that shitty contract, and you can't afford to ha- hire a lawyer. Yeah, you can't afford to have an attorney look at anything. You can't even afford food. Yeah. So if someone comes over and dangles a fifteen thousand dollar check in front of you to sign away your life's work, you might be desperate enough to take it, and then you get screwed for the rest of your life. And some other company or corporation comes comes along, makes billions of dollars off of your hard work, and you never see a dime from it. Yeah. So are you out of debt now? Uh, did the book? Did the book pull you out of debt? The book did, thankfully. I got more, except yeah. I, we talked about Let's royalties. Get some closure on this we talk, story. That's we, all I'm talking about. We talked about royalties. Yeah. Generally, an author makes eight to ten percent of lists. So if your book sells for ten dollars on the market, that's mm. you're making about eighty cents to a dollar per book. And most books don't sell that well. The books that you hear about, like the the Dan Browns of this world or the J.K. Rowlings, they are exceedingly rare. They're less than one half of one percent of the industry. They're a statistical anomaly. And is that from sale one, or is it after the 
I almost said label, but after, they, after you the have publisher to make your royalty. That what? that you yeah. have to make your royalty on sales before you get any more money. Correct. You like have if to, your royalty if you get if your advance was twenty grand, you've got to make twenty grand in royalties before you get any more sure. money. Sure. Yeah, you have to pay that back. Mm-hmm. It's essentially not money in your pocket; it's a loan. No, I understand. They're loaning yeah. you your own money uh-huh. to you. And they're essentially playing the role of a bank in this case. So publishers, a lot of times, they're they're just banks that loan you money to live off of until you finish making the book for them. Then you make 8 to 10% off of list. Most books, on average, sell five to 10,000 copies. If your book sells 10,000 copies, that's a successful book, and you're going to get a second book deal. However, think about the advance structure. You have to pay, you were, you were paid 7,500, you have to pay that back. And if you're making a dollar per copy, that leaves you about $2,500 in your pocket because you only sell 10,000 copies. That's $10,000. Yeah, copies. if you sell if that's a successful book. Yeah. That's how hard it is to make a living in this industry. So, these authors a lot of times they become desperate. I, beca- I, I look, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you guys honestly. I I almost came to that point where yeah. I was so desperate. I almost took a, a a deal someone was offering me. Someone offered me 5 grand to option my book for film and TV rights. I almost signed that check. But that was that would have uh, signed away my property in perpetuity. Oh, it was in perpetuity. That's oh, terrible. Yeah. That's, is yeah. that even legal? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have I didn't well, have I mean, a lawyer. I mean, honest, honestly, it, <laughs> you, it you is. probably could have got a lawyer to email you. Although I don't know if you would have trusted his advice. No, well, he's I'm, one of these guys. I? No, I'm just I, kidding. I, I, I mean, I mean, honestly, like it is legal. Contract law states that kind of like, well, if the contract is simple enough so that the person signing it could understand it and they sign it, whatever's on the fucking piece of paper goes. You know, it's, uh, I mean, I've I've done tons of in perpetuity contracts, just, you know, not for creative work like that. I mean, mm. but I can totally understand being that desperate, of course. Yeah. It's, it's like if you're about to get kicked out of your house, you know, if it's, it's, it's like, you know, if you've got to make your rent, if like you're going in further and further into debt, sometimes you got to take those deals and it's just, and the thing is, the upside for, these giant companies for like a Disney for a Warner Bros, which owns DC, it's like they're making billions and billions of dollars off this. It's like th- at least throw these creators a bone. Make just sure for you like when they do that. Just for PR value, if nothing yeah. else, it's like it's like. Do you really? It's like do you really want to be seen as the company that's screwing the creator, or ghostwriter? What do you get out of that? All you're doing is you're tainting your property. Like. Set up a little thing for for Christ's sakes. Make sure these guys don't die. They're not put in a <laughs> like fucking pauper's grave. Set yes. up, buy a building. Set up like a projects for uh, comic book creators. Why they, they, it would cost them literally <laughs> nothing to do that? I mean, they, seriously, they already have that, and it's called Artist Alley. It's yeah. at Comic Con, and it is oh, the most sad. depressing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like yep. all the creators. So so you go to Comic Con, this multi billion dollar industry is propped up on the backs of these creators. And they are relegated to the small corner of Comic-Con where they're sitting at tiny little tables that look like cubicles, a whole bunch of cubicles. Yeah. And I'll walk by and I'll see, like, the the guy who created, um, uh, what was it? A whole bunch of image comics. I'm forgetting his name. but Rob he was, Leefield? Rob, yeah, I think, I think I saw Rob there yeah. one time. But he, like, you have all these incredible artists who created these properties that this industry's back is built on. Mm-hmm. And they're relegated to this tiny little table where they're they're squished in there almost yeah. as like a, as an annoying afterthought at yeah. the conventions that they created. Yeah, mm. you, you you know Len Wein, the guy that like you know created Wolverine, like you know it's not uncommon to see him at this little table just you know drawing shit like um you know fifty dollars, hundred dollars commission. You know they're making eight hundred or thousand dollars a day, but it's like well, what happens when they get arthritis? They can't draw anymore. Yeah, I mean that's the unfortunate thing about like what we do as creatives. It's like yeah, as writers. It's like when our mind goes, 
well, that's fucking it. We can't make money anymore. Like, 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 you know, as an artist, you know, once you get arthritis or you go blind, that's fucking it. And, you know, it sucks. Like, there's no security net. There's, there is a charity, which, which, you know, because it's like, if you're listening to this and it's like, well, I'm not just looking to like cause outrage. There's a charity called the Hero Initiative in the late, in the late 2000, like a consortium of like comics professionals came together with the idea to create like a financial safety net for comic creators, you know, kind of like exists in a lot of other charities. Like it was based on, you know, uh, there's this like baseball charity where it's like, look, you know, you're making, you might be making $1.8 million a year as a baseball player in your thirties. Well, what happens in your fifties? You know, you like, then you're, then everyone becomes an announcer and you keep getting paid millions of dollars. Isn't yeah. that what happens? <laughs> of course it is the end. It's yeah. all, it always is great for athletes. There's a one-to-one ratio yeah. Of, yeah. of retired athletes to announcers and high school baseball <laughs> players. You're all going to be ma- in the majors and then yeah. you're going to be announcers. It's just what happens. Cause you're all hilarious. As well. Oh, but you're just so charming. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you, you know, the website is called the heroes initiative. We'll link to it on the, on yeah, our site. Yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's called the hero initiative. So the hero initiative, you know, there was this baseball charity that would collect money and help out of work, you know, ball, ball players not fucking die in the streets. And so the hero initiative does a similar thing. Um, you know, uh, they've granted over 700 grand to over 50 comic book veterans, you know, who've created the characters we all love, all the movies you go see, they've created these guys. Just a couple of, like, concrete examples of the stuff they've done. Steve Gerber, who's, like, it's like, you know, Howard the Duck is, like, a joke because of that shitty movie. But in comics, Howard the Duck is, like, one of the best and coolest characters ever. I like that movie. Oh, well, you know what? I liked Howard the Duck, too. Uh, Wait, Paige, you want to say something? love Howard the Duck. I can't believe someone else does. Yeah, it's, it's so great. Exciting. It's so good. What it's was your so favorite good. part? Uh, probably the part where uh, the uh, sex scene. The sex scene. His like his feathers all like. Wasn't there a Play Duck magazine that had like a yeah. duck tits? Yeah, yeah. Totally. That's when I became a furry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So so Steve Gerber, like you know, he developed pulmonary fibrosis, a condition that made his efforts to work difficult. Sometimes impossible. But until he died in 2008, the Hero Initiative gave him medical and living expenses. Um, you know, essentially helped pay his rent, yeah. helped pay his medical bills, helped make sure That's there's cool. fucking groceries in the fridge. And, you know, uh, Joe Phillips, uh, you know, who's this fan, he was a 20-year comic artist, you know, uh, until he fucking had to have his leg amputated. He was like flat on his back. It went bad. Oh, you had to lop it off. Yeah, it, well, it's well when you're recovering from missing a leg, you're like you have to be in bed all the time. Well, guess when it's hard to draw when you're like in bed all when you have to be flat on your back for the uh. entire time. So the Hero Initiative helped pay his rent, you know, keep things going for him. And another thing the Hero Initiative does is uh, they try, to, you know, God, they'll find like homeless comic book creators. Okay, let and me let me let me let me say something. Yeah, uh, you know who's you know who's got to be targeted for this thing, this Hero Initiative. You got to hit like a Chris Pratt yeah. who makes a shitload of money yeah. being these characters and who ha- is the only one in this equation who has a reason to be looked at as a good guy. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Like a, a, a movie star who has this compulsive need to be loved. Yes. He's got to know, he's got to hear about that stuff because he can cut, he can make the studio cut a million dollar check overnight. Just like for, that. Just like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's absolutely right. He, he, they he should be, be like, targeting these people aggressively, though, these movie stars that are capitalizing on these characters. I think you're absolutely right. I course, mean, Robert Downey Jr. is the kind of guy who wants to be seen as like a cool, philanthropic, like, yeah, not a fat guy. old guy. Right, a fat old ex-drug addict, sex addict. Right. So, like, you know, getting him to, it's, it's like, hey, I'm Iron Man. I want to cut the guy that made, I want to support the guys that made Iron Man. Here's a million dollar check for the future creators of Iron Man to make uh, the next Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Know, I was thinking, I was going to say the same thing, but for the company, because if you, if you uh, as a company have to cut or, or uh, offer to cut a million dollar check for these creators to just take care of them for the rest of their lives or, you know, just take care of them, period. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't gotcha. have to be a lost proposition because what you can do is build it up as a big PR event and yes. say, hey, we're taking care of this, this, this guy. We're, we, we we can sell merchandise at this PR event, make it a big convention or something. Say this is just for the creators, and then everybody wins. The company makes more money, and then they still give a percentage of that to the creators to take care of them. It's a win-win proposition. I don't know why no one's doing this. In fact, boisterous, mm-hmm. uh, you have inspired me. I think I may actually make a, a fundraiser type thing that benefits the Hero Initiative and hopefully to get the attention of some celebrities. Because Robert Downey Jr., Dick, like you mentioned. That's a really good point. You could get yeah. Robert Downey Jr. You have to, to find one guy. Yeah. That's how you negotiate. You need to find one guy who can change it. You can't convince a company to do it because there's six dozen people in on it. And if even if they did it, they they can't market it. It'll look shameless and uh, opportunistic. So it, it's it's not a win for them. But one guy, Chris Pratt, needs it. He needs to be responsible. He needs to be looked at like a hero, like a real life hero, and he wants it. That would be worth to him, worth to him more than anything. Well, it's it's like at this point, the Instagram likes are more important to him than the money. Yes, I mean, like, and it, you know, imagine he he's Instagramming for one of these things. He's racking up all these hearts. He's feeling like a fucking hero. That's such a good point. Yeah, and then if you feeling. get if you get one, you'll get the next one and the next one and the next one. Right. I, I I'll help you organize that. Good problem. I'd Let's, love do to. Let's do it. Let's do it. Guys, the sociopathy cuts both ways. Can work for you. It can work for good. It can work for evil. Hmm. It's goal oriented. I agree. Interesting proposition, yes, Dick. It's a very stealthy little torpedo you laid there. No, I see what you're doing. If and you're I do, good at manipulation, you can use that power for good. I could. I totally agree. with I you. gotta say. I gotta say this though. Oh um, yeah. Uh, it, these are people who make money. Not doing work, <laughs> right? right? By coming up with ideas, uh-huh. you know, the, the uh-huh. creator of yeah. Superman sitting there thinking, "Oh God, what what would I want to do? I want to be able to fly around." Yeah, it's just, it's just a cape. There you go. Yeah, that's, like that's his contribution <laughs> to the world. He, did, he didn't build a bridge. He's not making food. He's yeah. making he a just, magical fantasy man with a cape who can't be shot. I don't think he, I'm going right? to take the bait on this one, <laughs> yeah. Dick. I'm just going to let that one lie. <laughs> just I'm, just, I'm not going to take the bait here, buddy. But I, but I am going to say, I, I like every time I see some fucking celebrity post about how you have to follow your dreams and like how they were living in a van and now they're on top of the world. Chris and, Pratt was living in a van, and then and then they say just stick to it and you'll do it. I'm like. Like, uh, you know, bud, why don't you pump the brakes on that dream shit? Because for every one of you, there's there's a homeless park full of the guy who invented Superman. So why don't you take that feel-good dream shit and cram it up your ass? That's that, that's that's toned because you have a fucking personal trainer. Like you're so you're so divested from reality. Fuck off with your life yeah, advice. Is. This is this is yeah, it's 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 sad that it, that these guys didn't get money by being creators, okay? Well, let's be realistic, though. We would all like to sit around and get, like, some. I was even, I was telling this girl about the podcast. She's like, let me get this straight. 
you get money for just sitting around talking about your opinions? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Like, no, that, that sounds incredibly diminutive of what we do. But it is, and it no, should it's not. be. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'll take the bait on this one, Maddox. Like, uh, That's not bait. Yes, it is, you fucking troll. <laughs> you yeah. fucking chummer. Yeah. Look, I'll take the bait on this. There's a million podcasts with two guys sitting around right. complaining about shit. Uh, it takes the right two guys who have worked all their lives to be comedians and comedy writers to make this interesting. Mm. Like, this is the result of two people who've earned their chops, like, do, like creating this really great piece of art that has personally helped me. I've, I suffered depression real bad. And it's like listening to your guys' show has got me through some of the hardest times of my life. And it's like, it's two, it can't just be two assholes. There's like fucking magic here. And you guys have earned this. Well, and the public says that it's valuable. Yeah, right. when they vote with their dollars. Someone right. just bought Harry's razors, tweeted me, and it's like, you know, yeah, the public the public says it's valuable, exactly. I'm talking about Casper today, buddy. What about, I, bought what about, a, I bought a Casper mattress because of you two assholes. Yay! I turned it into a cum marshmallow, remember? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's what we want to hear. Dick, speaking of cum. Yeah, today is... <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Casper. Uh, give $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash biggest and using promo code biggest. Asterios, I think your your point was that you enjoy your mattress. Uh, yes. I, I, would, I would like to paraphrase you, but you bought a mattress from the show. Yeah. How do how was the experience for you? It's really fucking comfortable. It's like, good to I've bang bought, in, right? Yeah. No, yeah, of course it's good to bang in. Like, I've bought a lot of mattresses in my lifetime. I could never know what a good mattress is. I go to the place. I lie down in it for five minutes. And you I have don't no know. idea. It feels fine. Yeah. I take it home. Two weeks later, my back fucking hurts. And yeah. it's like, ah, I'm fucked. And you know what? You can't return a mattress. It's not hygienic, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've bought the cheapest mattresses. I bought the most expensive mattresses. One time I bought this $5,000 organic cotton mattress with organic cotton wrapped springs. I got it real cheap. Uh, but like it was it listed at five grand. And it's like, yeah, my back still fucking hurts. I got this Casper mattress because I trusted you guys. Good, good, good. Yep. And it it's it feels really, really good. And it was not that expensive. Well, if you don't like it, they have a risk-free trial and return policy. Try 90 days. 100 days, 100 days. Fact. Try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. I have a, I'm, so, I, I'm sorry, ahead, I keep go. putting you guys off. Uh, I had a friend who bought a Casper mattress and unfortunately he had to move. And so he had to return the Casper mattress. It wasn't the mattress's fault. Uh, so we called him up. They sent over a Salvation Army truck the next day. Here's what Casper said. Really? I, I will tell you how this return works. I've been wondering this since we've started plugging them. I know, and I will absolutely tell you. So we took a photograph of the receipt, uh -huh. emailed it to them. Here's what Casper said. They called up Mattress. They're like, we're going to send a Salvation Army truck to you. Five days later, the money was back on his credit card. Wow. I swear to God it was that simple. It's I don't great. know if it's always that simple because it, it might is. depend on where you live, but it was that simple for that guy. I love it. I love my Casper mattress. Thank you, guys. And it's casper.com slash biggest. Yeah, promo for code biggest. For $50 off your first purchase, right? Yep. All right. Fantastic deal. What are we doing? Is it my turn now? Yeah, Dick, what do you got? Because um, last week we didn't get to your big problem, so I want to I want you to go first. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's another one of these. Uh, that's okay, because it's just one of these problems that I that happens to me and I bring in on the way in. You know, okay. everybody loves those. Everybody's always making fun of me for bringing those problems in. Uh, this problem is domestic violence. 
Did you have to say it like that? <laughs> do you want a, Do you want another take, Dick? Why? Do, what do you want? What do you want? Domestic violence. Domestic violence. It's a big problem. Yes, it is. Every Every nine seconds in the U.S., a woman is assaulted or beaten. Wait, wait, wait! What? Every nine seconds? That's what this stat says. I I don't believe that. You don't believe that where's every that, nine that? seconds every a woman nine, is assaulted or beaten? Every nine seconds? Every yeah. nine seconds there's a woman assaulted or beaten. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me clear this. Hold on, hold on, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let's, let me clear this up for you. Just Okay, this is, the magnet, this is the severity of the problem. This is the magnitude. One in three women and one in four men have been victims of some form of physical violence by an intimate partner within their lifetimes. One in three. That's 33%. You don't think one in nine seconds is accurate considering that they're living with these people? Hmm. Um, where is this uh, statistic coming you don't from? Ha- dude, you don't have to argue this. I'm talking about uh, women and men getting their asses kicked by their significant other. No, I've had it. I mean, I've experienced it personally. I know what this feels like. I know I've been on the receiving end. I've never, I've never abused a woman ever in my life. But no, I have been I mean, on the— you've I said you've slept with women, so— Okay. That's <laughs> that's mean, again. That's charity. That's, it's more charity. It's my form of philanthropy. That's okay, abuse. my penis that's, is my is my <laughs> gift to the world. It's my form of philanthropy, and women pay me for it. Okay, they begged me for it. So, what were you gonna say? No, um, something about how these stats are. Wrong? <laughs> are you kidding me? Well, my, why would you want to lessen this? Uh, I don't because here's the thing. I think this is. I'm totally serious here. By inflating statistics about stuff like this, it can hurt men and women. Eventually, it can hurt and bite you in the back. Like, for example, there's that statistic that floats around on the internet. And I don't want to get too deep into this, but it says one in four women have uh, have received some kind of sexual abuse, right? Yeah. And I looked into that, and it includes uh, being exposed to in public or being groped in a bus or being grabbed. Guys, when what do you, so, when you say, please, let me finish. When I say when it says one in four sexual abuse or sexual assault, I'm thinking rape. That and then people conflate that into rape, and then they say one in four women have been raped, and then they 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 when you start to conflate being groped in public with rape, then people start to be suspicious of what you mean by rape. And I don't want anyone to ever be suspicious when a woman or a man says they've been raped. You should trust them and you should believe them, and you shouldn't have to say, well, do you mean you were groped on a bus? Because when we keep harping on this then people start to doubt you. That's why I'm very serious about this. I want to know exactly what that number is, where it comes from, and how they got their methodology because I think it, it, it's essentially going to start hurting people because I don't want, I don't want anyone to be, uh, to be blaming the victims and I don't want anyone to be suspicious of victims. If you're a victim of uh, domestic abuse or rape, then say so, and we should start looking at rape as rape, not being groped on a bus. Because guess what? I'm a survivor, too. Someone groped me on a bus one time. I've been groped by men and women. I'm not a fucking rape victim. So the question for Dick is, uh, what what falls under the umbrella of domestic violence in this particular yeah. study or, uh, you know, well, combination obvi- of studies? Obviously, I don't have that figure. Uh, I had no idea that would be a point of contention. I'm curious. I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah, you can go look at it. Okay, here's on a typical day, there are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to dom- domestic violence hotlines nationwide. That's a shit. That, that's someone picking up the phone and saying, I'm a victim of domestic violence. Okay. And that's easily, that's easily every nine seconds. Here mm. we if it's go. 20,000. 20, I'd be curious to know what that actually entails because I don't well, want this to be another one of those horseshit stats. And I'm not blaming you; it's not your fault. But uh, the well, people I'm not who beating report- a woman right now, so I know it's not my fault currently. Th- thank you, Dick. 
Yeah. You're not contributing. Thank you for not contributing to the stat during a live recording. I, man, I also think getting groped as a woman on a subway or a bus is a lot different than a man getting groped. Like Why? Because they're tiny. So? So they don't have- What about the, a tiny man? There's tiny men? Well- It's inappropriate, inappropriate groping- Look, guys, um, I've seen I've seen big men. I've seen basketball players get groped by women. Like women, uh, uh, I've, I was in a bar one time, and this basketball, basketball player came in, and he was pretty famous, and a chick came up to him and just reached down his pants and grabbed his dick, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He, like, threw her back. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm married. Like, the, and his his wife was in the bar, like, getting drinks or something like that. Like, that, that shit could jump. Just because there's that stereotype that men always want sexual attention doesn't mean it's necessarily true. And sexual assault can happen no matter what. And we shouldn't conflate that with rape. Yeah. Uh, no one's conflating it with rape. No, they are. That one in four statistic is saying is including gropes. It's including uh, grabs. It's including someone rubbing but, up against you in a that's subway. A, that's assault. Yeah. But well, the what, stat says assault. It's not saying rape. But people have conflated that. No, people are no longer saying, they're not being uh, pedantic about it. They're not, they're not looking at the syntax. When they say one in four, they just say one in four women have been raped. If you Google that right now, it's the first thing that comes up. You're May saying I, it's like misleading by omission, basically, yes, by not clarifying like the criteria better. If I can just say one course, thing. Please, you also, please. you have to find, to find this instance of gender equality in this case, you had to pick a famous basketball player just compared to something that I think most women, regular women, just experience. Uh, no one's. That's a straw man argument. I'm not saying most women don't experience that. I'm saying but that still a regardless, basketball player. Dick, it's happened to me. I mean, you're world famous, best selling author. That's Who not why I grabbed that. Of course, juicy I don't. Dong. <laughs> gotcha. People try to gum my D all the time. Gum my gum. D. Yeah, a lot of old ladies lot going of into that young D. <laughs> A lot of toothless gypsies where not, I live. Not flossing enough. If 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 I'm, I just feel like I want to say just one thing. Like I'm probably not going to contribute a lot to this conversation. Um, it's just because uh, you don't beat women. Well, no, no. Well, it's just because honestly, because you guys have really strong opinions about this, and I want to hear what you both have to say. Oh, okay. But um, but look, I'll say this: conflating one in four victims of sexual assault and one in four victims of rape. It's like, well, you're right. Those are two different statistics, and they shouldn't be conflated. I will say this though. Anecdotally speaking, a lot of the a lot of my women friends have told me that they have been raped, and some of them have told me about multiple ones. And it's like I feel like you both know women yeah. that have been raped, sure. I, and I don't mean like groped; I mean raped. So yeah. it's like, look, you know, granted we shouldn't have bullshit statistics, but it's like just from our own lives, we know it's a problem. Whether it's one in four or one in ten is an argument for another day. Or for today, I suppose. But it's just like, you know, I think we can all agree that it's a problem. Of course it's a problem. But if we say, if we just start saying one in two, one in three, you know, 100%, let's just say 100%. I don't know why you have, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I thought you were done. Then it becomes something that people start to doubt. And I'm saying Mm -hmm. that the the first time this idea came to me, this idea occurred to me, is when I was talking to a rape victim. Because she said this. She said she's tired of talking about this and mentioning her rape. And then people say, well, was it rape? And she goes, what do you mean, was it rape? I was raped. And she goes, and they say, well, because the, st- the, the statistics say, uh, uh, you know, one in four have been sexually assaulted. If, are you talking about sexual assault? And I hate that we have to have that conversation now. And it's due to this bullshit statistic. One in four is fucking outrageously false. And you should be mm-hmm. accurate so that people don't question 
when people claim to be to have been raped. That's that's all I'm saying, and that's why this statistic, Dick. I I don't know if it's true because I know women who've been beat and men who've been abused, and if it was happening happening with this frequency, and I hope it's not true. It I definitely is. Well, I sincerely hope it's not true because that's an ugly, ugly world that we live in. We if, definitely do live in that world. This is a complete wake up call for you. Then two twenty thousand phone calls a day. This says explicitly physical violence by an intimate partner. I don't think there's a lot of mincing words of physical violence. Yeah, that's quite a few. This is the this is definitely the world we live in. And let's let's just as a thought experiment, let's consider our first world problems with shitty parts of the world. That what is the stat then? I I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like One ninety percent right, exactly. They have no hotlines for this kind of behavior. This is people trying their best. I, I mean, you take these people, you take people and put them in a civilization. It doesn't make them civilized. This is, these, are, these are the same people when, when, there's, when there's no society supporting them and telling them like, and telling them not to do this. They behave like animals. That, that's what this says to me. That yeah. I, I definitely think we live in this world. Well, I, I think you're right about, especially outside of America and outside of Western nations that have safeguards against this sort of thing. At least, you know, safeguards in as, in as much as we can have, like a, yeah. like a, like an abuse line or something like that, or punitive laws that punish these these uh, these type of things. Uh, I wish it weren't true, and I hope it's not. I hope it's not as high as, as it sounds. Because I, I what would think, you like it? What would be an okay number? Like zero. I'm, zero is, well, yeah, would be an okay be, number. What would not be a number that doesn't shock you? A Keep in that mind that I'm not trying me. to trap you into saying I, I that, like, I I'm just asking, you reacted to one in three as though that was horrifically high, which it is, but you don't, what is the number you think is accurate? No, over, one the, in five? over the course of a lifetime, I think that that's accurate. Over the course of a lifetime, okay. I think most men and women probably, uh, not most, I'm sorry, 20, 25% for men and 33% for women. Seems about, yeah. Yeah, seems about right. That does seem about right. But, but uh, per day... Once every nine second, a woman is is uh, uh, abused. Well, you got to get through a lot of men and women. Are you, I mean, wait, are you talking about so men t- and women in the statistic? This nine seconds is just women. Just women. I don't know, man. One I, in I three, feel, buddy. Look, my I, my sincere hope is that it's not true. And uh, if it is true, it's a very ugly world that we live in, and we need to solve this problem. Uh, but I also, it, it just seems so hard for me to believe, and I'll tell you where I'm coming from. Only because, only because it is, it seems like something you would see more often. Like when you see a woman who's been, or a man who's been abused with bruises or scars or something like that, it seems like something you might see more often. And just empirically, maybe I just live a charmed life and I have a lot of friends who thankfully aren't getting abused. I don't see it as much. And maybe, maybe it's just because I'm not looking for it. I don't know. Yeah. What if it happens and you just can't see it? Because that brings me to why I brought it in. Let's hear it. I'm going to tell this story. Uh, I'm going to tell this story as entertainingly as I can, but it's horrifying. I'm uh, sitting in my apartment uh, a couple nights ago, let's say, about 1.30 in the morning. I get a hammering on the door, right? Different than, different than a normal, timid, hey, it's 1.30 a.m., I wonder if you're up, knock, right? Like a little, like a wham, 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 uh, uh, a pipe has burst. There's a fire. Get out of the building. That kind of knock. It's it's at one a one a.m. One thirty in the morning. One thirty in the morning. Yeah. So I'm okay. I'm sitting there drinking, 
Uh, of course. <laughs> and I hear it's girl's voice. Girl, huh. girl, I recognize it immediately. It's a girl I used to date. Okay. And she says, uh, I need help. I need help. Uh, are you there? Et cetera, et cetera. I'd get up in my drunken stupor, open the door, and this girl, I don't want to say covered in blood because that's an exaggeration, but blood smeared on her face, blood on her clothes, blood all over her hand. Like she just performed a falcon punch abortion. Hmm. Right? Single-handedly. Okay. Kaboom. Give me that fetus. ka <laughs> Right? Great analogy. Yeah, yes, like yeah. Indiana Jones 2. Rip that thing right out of the wall. So you open the door right? and you're like, oh my God, did you just perform a falcon punch abortion? What happened to you? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'd like to see the other guy, right? Oh. Uh, so she goes, yeah, um, a guy's name. Uh, I think he broke my hand, fucked up my stuff, destroyed my phone, threw oh my, my phone, gosh. like all these things. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, um, okay. Come in, come in, come in, come in, come in, get out of here. Close the door, lock it behind her. And I'm like, all right. Let her sit down and uh, get her a glass of water. And she's kind of, you know, crying it out. I'm like, all right. Um, so after a little bit of time, um, I check her hand. She says, I've broken a lot of stuff. And, you, you know, they, they do the same test every time. They like just flex the bone and see if it's crippling pain. I'm like, okay, your hand's not broken. Um, what do you say? What do you say we call the cops? Maybe let's get some cops out here. Yeah. Right? And I know as I say it, because you 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 think we live in a different world, I think, than I do. And I am very cynical about the world we live in. And right. the world that that I think we live in, nobody's ever calling the cops. Something like this, women do not call the cops. Guys do not call the cops. If you call it because it's like we assume they're not gonna do anything. It's not that we don't want the help. It's that we assume it's gonna be this terrible bureaucracy. No one's going to believe me. You're both going to get arrested. Yes. Because yeah. let's be honest, yeah. if you're if you're in this situation, you probably threw a punch too. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm I've I've broken a, my hand punching a guy. When I look when somebody's got cuts on their hand, my first thought is, who did you hit? Yeah. Right? Now this yeah. and this is a I I'm comfortable admitting these things to myself and saying them out loud. People are going to say, "Oh, you can't you can't blame you can't assume the victim, but but let's let's think it through here." Right? right? This is from from her perspective, that would be a valid reason to not want to call the police because yeah. you might now have a felony yeah, and that, be going to jail. That actually happened. Just for defending yourself. Right. Of course. That actually happened to someone I dated once who got in a fight with her, her boyfriend and he started abusing her. And as she was trying to get away from him, like ripped his shirt and scratched his chest. But of course, uh, there were no bruises on her body because, like, he she got like punched in the stomach or something like that, and she ran and called nine one one at a payphone, and the cops showed up and arrested her because when they inspected his body, he had scratches on his chest, and, she, and they said, "Well, we see the evidence that he got beat. It was your, it's your word versus his, and we see the, the the damage here." And she got arrested. And she's like, "I called nine one one, idiots." Classic Tyler Durden move. Beat yourself up, yeah. right? Domestic yeah. violence 101. Everybody knows that move. So, so she's she she does she she's almost ready to call the cops, and I'm like, oh my fucking god, this is once in a lifetime. They actually call the cops because I'm very cynical about right, these sorts of right. things. And right before I hit dial, and let me say this: you do not, I do not call the cops unless it is an explicit instruction to do so. Because if you do and they change their mind, you are the fucking bad guy. Yes, that's true. Welcome to hell because yep. you now are a rat who tried to turn in what what is otherwise a loving relationship. Right. You're fucked. You and just, they both hate you. And they both hate you. Yeah. So yeah. now you've got two psychos after you, right? Yeah. 
just about to hit dial, she calls it off. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay, I understand that, right? What, and by the way, here's another stat for you. Um, when leaving an abusive relationship, you are three times more likely to get killed. Wow. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. pretty good reason not to leave. Because, you know, a punch in the punch in the jaw is uh, orders of magnitude less than getting murdered. Yeah, and that's yeah. why they don't call the cops in a lot right. of cases, too. Right. More because threats. Of reper- because yeah. of the repercussions. Yeah. And a lot of times, too, if you are in an abusive relationship, especially if you're codependent and you, you are relying on a joint income or you have kids and you have to pay the bills, there's no place for you to go. There's no place for you to sleep. You like It's not as easy as just walking out the door in an abusive not. relationship yeah, of course because not. you're sometimes stuck and you're beholden to that monster that you're living with. It's just a bad situation. It's worth it. If I had to give up my apartment, like if, if, if my landlord came to me tomorrow and said, hey, uh, you can keep living here, but every month I'm going to come by and punch you in the face, I would be like, man, I do not want to get punched in the face, but moving is a real big pain in the ass. Like yeah. I would have that. I would have that internal uh, yeah. decision process. That's sad for me. No, th- this whole situation. Oh yeah, so finding so, a new apartment is hard. Yeah, finding a new apartment. All especially these things in are LA. Hard. It's a yeah. Or especially if you had kids. Where are you gonna? You can't. You can't uh, on a drop of a hat. Unless it was like a really severe situation. A lot of people don't have that person they can turn around to. Especially if you live in another state where your family's not around and you don't know anyone. Yeah, or if you have hardwood floors. You know, that's are you going to move to some place that's got carpeting? Yeah. I'm oh, not going to do that. Or that doesn't have air or the no parking? No pool? Oh, no parking. Are you kidding me <laughs> in LA? That's like a second rent. Two punches yeah. in the face. Hello. So, you know, we we sit around for a while. I'm like, you want to watch some Netflix and chill? Oh, your, what's your dad all about? <laughs> you know what? Stop. No, 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 no. You can cut this out of the podcast if you want. Why? Dick, you're doing a good job of finding these joke moments between these horrifying oh, moments. Oh, you, you have to. I'm just saying, to. as because, a storyteller, yeah. you are doing a good job. Thank you. You two fucking Matt Grainings over here. This guy's trying to lighten shit up. Yeah. Well, I'm trying Matt to Graining. I'm trying to lighten it up because the story I'm telling happens every nine seconds. Yeah. Like it's it's important to keep in mind that this is just happening continuously all day, like a fucking factory. And and I I did the math. Well, okay, so six, so like uh, sixty seconds. So that's sixty divided by nine. So that's six women a minute, and so sixty times six, three hundred and sixty women an hour. Three hundred and sixty times twenty-four, eight thousand six hundred forty women a day. Okay, I think what's that, times three sixty-five, and now let's times three sixty-five, and check well, my math if okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, three million. Three million. Out of okay. 60 million. Three million a year. Okay, yeah. back back up a Getting second. Abused. So of course, eight thousand six hundred and forty per day. This uh-huh. is this is why the statistics for me, something's not adding up here. Because, because you're not real. Hold, hold on, Go hold ahead. on, Dick. If we're getting 20,000 phone calls mm-hmm. a day from women to abuse lines, and only according to this this not this just this quick math we're doing, eight thousand six hundred and forty per day, mm-hmm. where are the twenty thousand coming from? So you don't think that number is high enough? Either that number is uh, not high enough, or the twenty thousand number is too high. What, so wh- which one? Which one is it? Well, I have no idea. I mean, I mean I don't that, that's run. why something something's not adding Let's up. Let's remember here. that mul- it happens to the same woman multiple times. So you on think this that, nine second figure? So you think one? You think a few women could be could be making multiple calls? Maybe. I mean, these these numbers are within an order of magnitude, so I'm not splitting hairs. Yeah. Like if it if they were saying like a woman gets abused twice a year, I'd be like, I kind of doubt that figure. But nine seconds, I'm like, eh, I, bu- I buy that once every nine seconds. If if I might also say, 
I agree that we shouldn't have blind faith in statistics, but I feel that there are some men out there who are so focused on destroying these statistics because they don't want to believe it or because they feel some sort of guilt themselves. I feel like there's a second industry in in like calling these statistics bullshit and calling women victims, calling bullshit on their stories and things like that. And I don't know why that is. Like we shouldn't have blind faith in them, but I feel like we can get too focused on like trying to destroy them too. And I feel like neither are good. Uh, serious, I well, agree. It's not it's not good to have blind uh, blind faith. I want to get to the point where the statistics reflect the reality. Yeah, and that way, because again, it's serious. This is a, this this in this uh, moment of enlightenment came to me from a rape victim yeah. who said she was tired of people asking her because the statistics have been conflated with actual penetrable rape is oral, vaginal, anal insertion. Of uh, of any digits or appendages or sexual organs, that's rape. Uh, we and when we start to conflate these, or you know, if if the if if I, if this abuse figure turned out to be, um, I don't know. Let's say when I think of abuse, I think of domestic like violence. Like, are we talking about violence? Assaulted or beaten? Assaulted. Nine or beaten. seconds. Assaulted or beaten. One in three. Physical violence. It's also the. It's also a, a one of the most underreported crimes. Of course it is. Well, especially with also, men, with that men. twenty thousand doesn't in, that that one in nine doesn't include men. Yeah, the twenty thousand does, which and men are suffer from it almost as much as women. And obviously, not as much as women, but almost as much. Well, but, according to your statistics, it's one in three for women, one in three, one in four for men. Yeah. The reason I the reason I'm bringing up the fact that maybe we could be like over discussing the validity of these, of these statistics is I feel like the wake of the discussion, which is like, you know, you're a very intelligent guy and you're, and you're, you know, one of the best guys I know, like you can look at this stuff rationally. The comments for this episode, there's going to be a significant portion of them that are going to be these guys. And they are going to be talking about these statistics and calling bullshit on them. And they're going to be like really trying to destroy these statistics. Like the, you know, and I feel like and then people are going to read those and be like, well, domestic violence isn't a problem because these statistics are wrong. Therefore, the whole thing's a lie. It's made up by women who are trying to get men, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just like, you know, it's when an intelligent man's words get twisted or they echo in the mind of someone who's not intelligent, it could be trouble. Right. That's, that's why, Asterios, I think it's especially important to get that doubt out of people's minds let's make, let's be especially careful to report this correctly i'll tell you i'll give you a perfect example of when mm-hmm. i heard a statistic like this and i i brought this in was female genital mutilation i heard on npr that they said that 90% of the women in egypt experience female genital mutilation and and that to me immediately smacked as an outrageous number mm-hmm. because egypt is a largely western uh civilized civilized society where you wouldn't think this this type of thing occurs and and it didn't just become it wasn't just something that struck a chord with me it also struck an accord with the npr journalist she said that number did sound so outrageous so we double checked and she looked it up and i looked it up and mm-hmm. it was absolutely true that's one of those cases where it's like oh my gosh it's a really big problem in uh, in egypt and it totally checks out i'm just saying um but I, your point is not lost on me whether or not it's one it's one one every nine second or one every 20 second it is a huge problem that needs to be solved yeah i think uh, i think an easy way to prove these stats is just say like well have you met a woman 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Impossible to get along with. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> what an, that's awesome. That was one of the most well-crafted <laughs> jokes I have ever heard. Good one, Dick. Yeah, so, it's, so it's obviously one of Because we all ended, be- ended that sentence with, yeah. who has been abused. Yeah. yeah. And then They're he said, no, 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 no. Suckers. Always, always, always. <laughs> Should be three out of three yeah. is what I'm saying. You guys right, get yeah, it. Right? Of course. So, um, oh, God, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so... This girl in my apartment says, um, well, I'm worried that, he's gonna, that this guy's going to fuck up her stuff, smash up her computer and all his stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, uh, how about get a police escort at least? No, I can't do that. She leaves. Um, she's like, I'll be right back. I just got to take care of this. So I'm like, OK, um, maybe probably not coming back. We all know how this one shakes out. Yeah, probably not coming back. So I grab my shotgun, sit on the couch. Shit. With my, I don't load in it. In case she comes back, right? Well, in case he, in case he follows <laughs> yeah, her upstairs, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna at least have a shotgun. I'm not, I'm not gonna shoot it, so I don't load it. Sure. Right. But at least there's something. Yeah. There. Yeah. Right. It's California. It's L.A. A guy sees a real life gun, he's gonna piss his pants and probably have a seizure. Bunch of pussies out here. Yeah, bunch of pussies. <laughs> his dick might fall off and run away. Yeah, we can she only hope she doesn't come back. Find out. I found out later. Uh, next day. Next day, she got back together. Dude, that's what I thought. Fucking, she called. She went to the police and went to the hospital. Un- unbelievable! Good, unbelievable! Good Bravo! Unbelievable! I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You did that. Well, good for you. Um, I dated a girl for a hot minute who, uh, one night called me up and said, uh, you know, asked me if I wanted to get into a longer term relationship or whatever. I said, no, not really. So she said, well, would you like to still be friends? I said, of course. So she said, well, as as my new friend, um, I need to tell you that my boyfriend abused me. And I said, oh, my God, are you, like, what? like how abused? Are you okay? What happened? And she goes, it's pretty bad. I said, okay, well, do you need some place to stay? And she says, yes. And she came over. And I opened the door, and I felt so fucking angry the second I saw her because she was covered in, in, in bruises. She was covered in her neck was red. Her legs had bruises. Her arms had bruises. She she was bruised everywhere. I wanted to beat the shit out of this guy. I was so fucking pissed. And she came in, and while she's coming over, I texted her the number for a crisis line. She didn't want to call it. And I said, we should go to the police, and she didn't want to do it because there was a lot at stake. They had a cohabitation arrangement, and work was conflated because she was also working for him. This guy was a huge controlling manipulator. So if she had gone to the police, she loses her 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 where she's going to sleep, she loses her job, she loses her income, she loses her car, she lost she would essentially lose everything. So I tr- I tried my best to try to find some solution, but this was a really difficult situation where there I don't think there was a very good clear solution. I had a taser on me. Uh, in my in my apartment, all so, reliable, hmm? all reliable. Yeah, you've had that taser in prior stories. You whip out. Yeah, no, I I gave her that taser. I said, look, this is yours. Keep it hidden on you. If this ever happens again, at least you have a weapon. At least you have some way of dis- uh, of disabling this monster. But uh, yeah, man, it is a big problem. Um, so did she leave him, Dick? She eventually left him. Thank God. Not yeah. the next day, though. No, not the so next day. She couldn't. I had a little better results in my. <laughs> did. I did Bravo, a little better. Bravo, Dick. I, yeah, a, I win. Yeah, I win. But Randy, this, mark that, that as a win. This wasn't just a relationship. <laughs> it was also. It was also uh, them them living together and she was working for him. Mine so. too. Mine was like that too. Oh, was it really? I don't Fuck know. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I win. My abuse story's better. <laughs> I, I I have a similar story. I guess to end things on a lighter note. Okay. For the taser. 
So, you know, I was dating a girl and she insisted on walking through Venice Beach at night to take the oh, bus. Okay. Terrible and idea. I, and which is, a, Venice Beach is, for those who don't know in Los Angeles, it's where like all the most violent hippies hang out. Like they- Tweakers. You know, yeah, it's just the fucking, like the, the fucking, the worst people in the world live on Venice Beach. And so I'm True. like, well, let me, I'll, so I'm like, I'll pay for your taxi. Just take a taxi. And she's like, no, 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 I'm cool, whatever. So I'm like, well, let me at least buy you a taser. So okay. I went down to Fry's Electronics and I bought a taser that is shaped like a pen. And so it looks like a pen, you know, you can have it in your pocket. And then if someone tries to assault you, you jam it in their neck. Cool. And, yeah. she, and she put it in her purse and she eventually, she was like, I've got to give you this taser back. And I was like, why? And she's like, I keep tasing myself when I reach into my purse for my phone. And I was like, oh God, oh no, Jesus Christ. Also uh, return it. Because that taser is not working. If you're tasing yourself and you're not <laughs> incapacitated, or maybe she does. Maybe she like uh, finds herself in a puddle. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe she just like writhes in pain and finds herself in a puddle of her own urine every day. I don't know. Um. Anyway, yeah, Dick, big big problem. I'm, uh, thanks for bringing that one in. I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. Hey, uh, gay guys too are at risk of being yeah. outed for being gay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. How about throw that one on there? Okay, um, so I just want to end on this uh, this one last note. I guess at the start of this problem, Dick, you mentioned this astounding statistic, right. which is which to me sounds way too high. And I say way too high not because I necessarily doubt that it's true, but because I can't abide by living in a world like this. Um, a long time ago when 9-11 when all the 9-11 truthers started going out, and they're just incorrigible. No amount of statistics or facts will convince them otherwise. I remember arguing with this kid online, and we went back and forth for a while, and he was absolutely convinced that our government was responsible for bringing down the Twin Towers. And I said to him, how fucking dare you? If you really believe this, if you genuinely believe this, then how the fuck can you abide by paying taxes to the government and paying and enabling them to do this. If you actually believe our U.S. government did this and killed their own citizens, then get the fuck out of America. Stop paying this money to this government that you are enabling to do this. If you really believe this, you don't. You're full of shit. That's what this comes down to. Is It may be true. I just don't want it to be true. So that's where, that's where this comes from. Well, you better start believing in ghost stories. Because you're in one. Yeah. Well, speaking of nightmares... And he in nightmare scenarios, guys, I've been in hell. I've seen hell. I've been in hell for the last week of my life. I've been in hell because I got a real big problem. Crickets. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to shit all over your domestic violence problem. What was your problem, Dick? I forget already. What was it? It Women women who can't listen. Women who can't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Fuck get the fuck. And man, and man, and man, and man. I don't want to be sexist. To a lesser extent. (laughs) To to an obviously lesser extent, though. Yeah. Take that, Hillary Clinton. Dick, I I don't I don't want to uh, trump your problem here, but uh, I got a big one. I got the, the crickets, crickets. That wasn't that wasn't political. That was shit. political. No, it wasn't. That was no, political. Wasn't. No fucking wasn't. <laughs> Randy? Trump was a word before the candidate shithead. That's political. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what about here's, crickets? Here's the thing. Right, um, strike three. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, man. Oh my god, he's got a. 
But that got, shit away. He got, has a taser. Randy has a taser. Randy, what the fuck are you doing in a taser? Were you the, the 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 abused woman who came over that night? Was that you? Yes. And why is it pink? You have a pink fucking taser. It's the only one I could find. Yeah, right. They have black tasers on Amazon for like fifteen bucks, guys. They're super cheap. Also, that taser has a, an LED light on it. What for? For like the keyhole? So, so I can you see you. Okay. <laughs> Randy, put that shit Randy, away. Get him in the neck. Um. So. Crickets, guys, I have this huge problem with fucking crickets. I got an infestation in my apartment. These fucking crickets, okay? There are three of them. I killed two of them. I finally tracked two of them down. It took two days. I killed one per day, right? I killed the mama cricket. I know it's the mama cricket because there's a big, fat, juicy one. And I used to not kill crickets because they're so fucking juicy. They're like gushers. You smash that thing, and you got to bring out the mop. You're mopping for days. This is like the Jurassic Park plot. There's three raptors running around. You got three crickets running around yeah. here. Yeah, three crickets. Just killing them one by one. And I try, like, I, they had triangulated their, uh, their, their living arrangements in my apartment so that I was perfectly in the middle of all three of them. Hmm. Just driving me, chirp, 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 you're fucking idiots. Ruining your jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. What? That would ruin a joke. That's what, funny. Crick? Yeah. Oh, I okay. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? You there ruined you his joke yeah, about a, crickets ruining your joke. Slam it all. How fucking meta is that? <laughs> Pretty meta, Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> Call me medics. Hey. Uh, anyway, these. <laughs> nah, there's no cricket to blame for that one. Um, so these fucking crickets drive me nuts. I tracked them down, and I used to just catch them and throw them outside because I don't want to clean up after them. Seriously, if you see a cricket, and this was my stance before this week. When I saw a cricket, I would capture it, throw it outside because it's just a messy insect to kill. They're very juicy. Don't kill them. However, I changed my mind. Now it's punitive, these motherfuckers. So I killed the mama cricket. Fuck her. Then I killed her child. I found her child, her baby cricket. I fucking killed that piece of shit. But the Papa Cricket, okay, this motherfucker is hiding somewhere in my apartment and it is driving me nuts. Hmm. I will be sitting there. My friend was sitting on the couch and she was like, what's your fucking problem? Just chill out. I'm like, I can't find it. Yeah, I can't. I'm it's sorry, somewhere. we met? <laughs> <laughs> I'm running Not around. Not a good friend, obviously. <laughs> I'm running around with my, my apartment, seriously, with my machete because I want to smash the fucker with the side, you know, the, the side of the blade. I want to smash it because I couldn't find, I ran out of newspaper. I'm killing so many crickets. Oh, I can't wait to read this headline. Man stabs himself with a machete <laughs> while trying to kill a cricket. Florida or Germany? Oh, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I gave myself third degree burns one time because I took a real bad shit anyway um so does, i'm looking wait, for this what does that have to do with any with- just just like the ways that i hurt myself uh from oh. something small so i'm looking for this cricket everywhere and i think i've pinpointed the area after we record this i want to i want to take you guys to my apartment and show you the area that i think it's in because okay. maybe you can help me find this fucker i think it's in my subwoofer the little motherfucker's hiding in my subwoofer and so i I'm like losing my fucking mind. I swear to God, I went to YouTube and I looked up the predators of crickets. I thought, what 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 are they afraid of? And they're afraid of frogs. So I went to YouTube and I found this this hour long clip of frogs croaking, and I started playing that cranked full blast in my apartment, thinking maybe the crickets will get scared and leave. 
No such luck. Yeah. <laughs> no such luck. I just and leave the house. <laughs> yeah. It's like a cartoon. <laughs> well, we got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm desperate. And then I played like the sound of bats and and bats didn't work. Uh, frogs didn't work. Nothing works with this little fucker. Except like occasionally when I shake the subwoofer, it'll stop and then it'll start up again. And it's so fucking loud. Chirp, chirp, chirp. He's so fucking happy. So I got so mad in my delusional state. And my friends are like, Dude, we're just trying to watch a movie. Chill out. It's kind of relaxing. I'm uh-huh. like, this is driving me nuts. So I went to Amazon and I I just, I don't know what came over me, but I ordered a cricket bar, a cricket protein bar, because I wanted to eat this fucking cricket. Because I just, some part of me makes oh me, my God. makes me feel like if I eat it, there will be less crickets in this world. I think it, the world would be a better place with fewer crickets in it. He's like a fucking serial killer. Yeah, this is like the telltale <laughs> heart. I'll, I'll gain its powers. I, I am saying this right now on this podcast. Let the record state, if I catch this cricket, I'm going to fry it and fucking eat it. And I'll post the video on, on the website. Yeah, I will eat this fucking cricket. I hate this cricket so much. I hate that this cricket is the biggest problem in my life. And maybe it's not a big problem to you, shitheads. I don't care if it is or isn't. You should vote it up because look how much pain it's causing me. Why don't you just put your subwoofer outside for the night, and it'll probably hop away. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the subwoofer will hop away in a homeless guy's hand. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want to pitch something to you guys. What if we grabbed a portable recording rig or just used our phones and periscoped it? What if we head over to Maddox's house right now and fucking find this cricket, just the five of us? Okay. What if we get this fucking cricket right now? Done. Let's do. It. Let's look for this cricket because we catch it. I sw- I'm gonna eat this. I'm gonna eat this fucking cricket. Yeah. Uh, I got stuff to do, guys. That sounds cool. I'll hunt the cricket. <laughs> I'll help you hunt the cricket. All right, Paige is in. Paige, She's, you'll help us find the cricket. I volunteered her. Yeah. Sean's in. Sean doesn't have shit to do. Let's do it. Let's find this cricket. I'm gonna eat this fucking cricket. It's driving me nuts, guys. And by the way, crickets could be a huge solution because cricket powder. Is this is, have you guys heard of cricket flour? This what? is a new thing. No. Yeah. This is a huge thing. It's actually they're saying crickets are the most efficient way of consuming protein that we have. They're more what? they're more efficient. They're the most efficient uh, source of food that we can possibly get. They're very water efficient. They give us lots of protein. They're almost pure protein. You just grind them up and make flour out of it and you can make just about anything you want out of flour. Cookies, bread, so it's like a bars. super tofu. Yeah. Gross. Just eat fucking crickets all the time. And they're fucking obnoxious. I'd be so happy to eat every last fucking one of them. <laughs> what have cows ever done to us? Nothing. Yeah, it's true. What about crickets? They annoy the hell out of us. Annoying. Maddox, let's eat solution. some cricket bread. Crickets are the Donald Trumps of insects. <laughs> Fuck you. I'll take the strike out of your shit. Chase him. Jesus Christ, Randy. Stay away from his nipples. <laughs> Don't threaten Maddox with a good time. (laughs) Fuck you, Sean. My problem this week is crickets. My problem is creators getting screwed. Problem is domestic violence. (laughs) See you next week. See you next Tuesday.